In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's February 25th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 30 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the large vault, which holds Karen's stash. Where we are skiing a la Scrooge McDuck. Swimming. I'm skiing. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) You're water skiing on top of my stash? Dude. I'm just rolling around in it. Okay. Diving into it. Oh, cashmere. I'll just make sure I don't decapitate you on the way down. I promise I'm not naked. As tempting as that idea is, I do have some stuff in here that's, you know, a little scratchy. (laughs) And we all- I don't exactly want the Briggs and Little on my lady bits. Yeah. I think we've all had that conversation with somebody that says, no, we actually, as knitters, do not knit thongs or (sighs) bikinis because pink bits and yarn really don't go together that well. Yeah. At least- you and even, I, the, even the soft stuff, I... No, no. 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 And if any of our listeners are are that type, well, you know what? Good for you. <laughs> yeah, personally, it, it's one of those personal squeaky things. This this podcast just took a weird left turn. Yeah, anyway, we were not planning to open with that. But anyway, let's move on as fast as we can and put some distance between us and this topic. Uh, adventures in knitting. There you go. Let's do it. All right, I will start first this time. I have on my lap the amused sweater. She has a full bodice, including the ribbing at the bottom, and a sleeve and a half. Yay! It's looking like a real sweater. Now, if I had properly paced myself and been diligent, I would have probably finished this by now. And that (laughs) actually was my goal, was to finish it and be wearing it. Mm -hmm. But, you know what? I has a sad. Yes. My, one of my Taekwondo instructors is going back to Korea. Today was his last day teaching. So, we had an impromptu party for him last night and it was it was really cool guys you have not lived until you have seen two taekwondo black belt masters have a cake fight yes a cake a cake i am talking icing and i am talking all down the hair and the face and on the uniform that's what i'm talking (laughs) okay so anyways i will be probably more diligent with this because i am so close to finishing it End of the tunnel type thing. Yeah, now you're you're, uh, on the race to the end. You can see the finish line. And the other thing is, is that, you know what? Spring is less than a month away, technically. I need to finish this so I can wear it. Yeah, especially because we haven't really had winter, so... We have had balls all for winter. Yeah, so it would not surprise me if If, spring was a little early this year. Yeah, if you collected all of the actual, quote-unquote, snow days that we've had here, we've had maybe a week. Yeah, I'd say a week and a half. And it's been light snows. It's not been good dump snows, where, you know, you have the snow come up to your knees. It has been a light, dusty snows, and then it melts within the next... 48 hours. Yeah, it's mainly just been coming, it'll come down like crazy for like a few hours, which will put a few inches on the ground and then nothing. Yeah. And it'll just melt over the next couple days. Yeah. So yeah, you might want to get the sweater done soon. Yeah, I kind of might. I have done some work on the Watson socks, or sock, I should say, because I'm knitting (laughs) them one at a time. But I've been reading a lot of people's notes, ones that have, you know, finished a complete sock, and they're Mm -hmm. saying that it's a little bit roomy, roomier than they'd want. And we all know I already have a problem with that. Yeah. Because you have teeny tiny feet. Yeah, because I have teeny tiny feet. Like like when they made me, they actually, you know, shaved my feet down a little farther just to be annoying to me. So I 
kept doing a little bit of fussy adjusting to make sure that it fits smaller because I'm trying this whole, you know, making socks for myself type of thing instead of, oh, wait, these don't fit me. I'll give them away. Because I know if I do that again, Karen will flame me. Yes, I will. So I'm actually ripping and re-knitting and ripping and re-knitting and trying on and re-knitting and stuff like that, which I hope she's proud of me for. Yes, I am. So I am now on the leg of the first Watson sock, so I should have a little bit of Zen knitting to just go mm -hmm. with it. But as I said before, and this is also encouragement to anybody else out there who hasn't started or is a slow starter, don't worry about it. It's all relaxed. Yep. Type of thing. We've said before, I'll say it again, this is an open-ended knit-along. Yeah. That's actually the thing that I keep getting told in Taekwondo. You need to relax. I'm like, okay. Go at your own pace. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Although I am getting start-itis itchy fingers. Yeah, I had that really bad earlier this week. I've still got that cascade up there to make that other sweater. Mm -hmm. And the other sweater, you know, I may finish it, but I'll finish it sometime in the summer when I'm not yeah. going to wear it. Yeah. So that's me and the adventures in knitting for this week. Okay, so I am still working on the Watson socks. I am on the legs on both. I would be further on the second one if I hadn't had to rip out the heel earlier this week. See, this um, is the good thing about being the late bloomer in this, is that I've seen everybody else go, God dang it, rip, 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 gosh dang it, rip, rip, rip. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I better watch for that. I think with this one, because of the different heel shaping, it's not like a short row heel. Yeah. Where when you're working the heel, you add a little length. Yeah. Onto it. Or same thing if you're doing a toe-up gusset and flap heel. Again, you get to a certain point and you add a little length to the bottom of the heel as you're working the decreases. In this, I think by the second sock I realized you have to, when you're doing the gusset, you have to go pretty much all the way back to the back of your heel. And then the decreases you do turn the corner yeah. of it. But you have to go... To the it doesn't, but it doesn't add any length yeah. to the length of the foot. So you have to pretty much at the back of your heel when you finish, when you start doing the decreases to make the heel. Yep, yours looks good. Yeah, but I did have to rip a few times. See, I actually, it fits me width-wise, it fits me length-wise. I actually did some, it took me a nice. couple, it took me a couple of rips and a couple of, you know, re-knittings, but... Yeah. I might act actually, and knowing that now, I might have to actually double check the first one. And maybe it might even take snipping the yarn around the toe and just st separating the toe from the, the oh, rest and, of the sock. and lengthening and the sock that way. Yeah, lengthening it a little bit and then re-knitting the toe. Wow, talk about your sock surgery. Yeah. Well, you know, Watson is a doctor. Oh, okay. Yep, <laughs> you got that. Yeah, if you hear a weird hum that doesn't get taken out by the noise removal later on. We had a fan on in the background. I am now a turning off the thermonuclear device. Yes, we had a little heater in the background, and I just realized it was still on, so. But yeah, so I'm on the leg of both of them. One of them, I'm actually, I have to try it on and see, but I might actually be at the point where I'll start doing, like, the cuff. I've got lots of yarn left, so I don't think it'll be a problem if I lengthen it and do the cuff and before I'm even done the other one. I've got lots of yarn left. I kind of just want to put that on the back of a t-shirt for you. Oh, last night at the party, I was yes. wearing my Knit One Geek 2 t-shirt. Oh, yes? And one of the other adult students saw the t-shirt and saw my name on the back and said, is that, like, custom design for you? I'm like, yeah, it's my podcast t-shirt. Like, podcast? So what do you talk about? And, of course, this is the point where I point to my boobs. Knit. Knit. Geek. Geek. What do those two words mean? And then I couldn't resist. She cast on. I cast on something. And it's in teal. 
Yes, it is. I cast on for the koala socks. Koala. It's hard to make it. I think it might sound the same as the animal, but it's uh, K-W-A-L-L-A. It's from the Soctopus book, because I have been dying to cast on something from that book. And I'm doing this in Indigo Dragonfly Merino Cashmere Nylon in the It is a Fertile Land and We Will Thrive colorway. <laughs> Which is all these really nice greens and tealy colored greens. I've only got the cuff done now because I forgot to bring the book with me on Wednesday when I was working at the library that has a photocopier. Because the tiny little library I work at most of the time does not have one. <laughs> so I need to bring it so I can photocopy it and then just glue the chart into my little knitting journal so I don't have to lug the book around with me. And then finally, last night, Mom and I watched the Reichenbach fall. Again, for me, first time for her, because of course BBC Canada aired that one last week. Mm -hmm. So I finally got around to watching it again. And while I was watching it again... Were you teary again? Yes, okay. I was. I did a swatch, or am doing a swatch, for the Watson sweater. And it is very nice looking. It is very nice. I might try it with a smaller needle. I know, just stretching it out now. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it just to see what it looks like. And I was too lazy to actually, like, put the sweater pattern on my ebook reader or whatever, so I just used the same stitch as pattern the set elementary as socks. the elementary socks. Because really, the, the stitch pattern in the sweater isn't actually the stitch pattern that he wears in the in the the screen sweater i can see how it would look like it but somebody was looking at high-res pictures nobody in this room obviously yeah nobody. obviously <laughs> like i would do that and yeah so seeing what the the actual one was so i need to double check that the cables are the same as the elementary sweater but i figured it was close enough it'd give me a good idea and it's pretty and this is oh yeah and i should mention duh i'm doing this in valley yarns northampton in the denim heather colorway and it is quite it's quite nice it's quite soft that looks like it's gonna be a comfy sweater it's not gonna be yeah comfy cozy heavy sweater. it's not gonna be too heavy it's not gonna be itchy it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be a nice comfortable garment yeah yeah nice cozy sweater just like a boyfriend just like a certain doctor boyfriend yeah <laughs> Although I very much doubt that some of those sweaters his significant others will ever wear. And then I was thinking, I was probably going to take the pattern, I'll either I take a basic pattern because I have the Knitter's Handy Book of Patterns by Ann Budd, which is basically a book that has a few basic types of items like mittens, hats, sweaters, vests, gloves, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And for each step, it has like a little table and along the side, it's the gauge and along the top, it's the size. Okay. So like if you, so whatever gauge you have and whatever size you're doing, it has the numbers there. So if you decide you want to do a 42 inch chest sweater in a five stitch per inch gauge, you just find the row for five stitches per inch and then the column for 42 and where they meet, that's the number of stitches you cast on. And that's the number of, yeah. you know, stitches that you decrease for the sleeve cap and everything. It goes through all the directions. So it's kind of nice having like this basic pattern so you can make any kind of item Yeah, you in take any it as gauge. a springboard yeah. and do a whole lot of stuff with it. Yeah, especially if you're doing like charity knitting or something like that yeah. too. So I might just use that and then plug the, the stitch pattern in and maybe add like a couple stitches on either side to compensate for the cables pulling in. Though yeah. I don't think they're going to pull in that much. Especially, it especially depends on your gauge anyway. Yeah. If you have a really tight gauge, then the cables are going to pull in more. But yeah, so that's my knitting for the week. Shall we move on to our epic geek squee? Oh, I don't know. I think you can hold it in for what? A couple more... Oh, never mind. No. 
let's yeah. move on. I literally, we had three items that were exactly the same. Yeah, in our comparison notes. Yeah. And in my notes, I swear to God, the first three items all start with OMG. And the <laughs> first sentence of what the item is, is in all caps. Because it has been a big n- week for geek news. Firstly, oh my God, JK Rowling has announced she's publishing an adult book. Yes. I think that a lot of the fan world for her has been divided into, okay, please, 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 I know she said it's not Harry Potter related, but please, please, please make it Harry Potter related. And the other <laughs> half, and the other half is going, is waiting to see actually what the, what the actual, uh, plot and synopsis is because she has said that it's not going to be harry potter related and it's yeah. going to be an adult book yeah and she's even got a new publisher for it yeah and well because the other i think the british publisher for the harry potter books was a primarily like children's book publisher yeah obviously in the states it was printed by scholastic which right. is a children's book publisher yeah um canada i don't think raincoast books is specifically children's but yeah so yeah. she might need a, a new publisher she would need a new publisher if she's doing an adult book yeah if her previous book publisher specializes in, in children's, children's books. books. Yeah. Um, and of course there's no release date. There's no title. There's no, no nothing yet. But I think the fandom is also divided between the people like, Oh my God. Yes. I want this now. This is going to be amazing. And the people are like, Oh God, I'm seriously afraid this is going to suck. Yeah. Or, Oh God, I don't think this could ever live up to Harry Potter. Yeah. Because you know, she has been given the freedom now that she has this status now as a writer Mm-hmm. As an accomplished writer. Yeah. But now, how do you top Harry Potter? Yeah, it's the same thing with anybody who has something big. Yeah. Who does something big and amazing. Everyone's always going to be looking at your next project with, is this going to suck? Yeah. And I do really hope it's really good. And I have some confidence that it will be pretty good. We have seen that it can work. Mm-hmm. Example, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Yes. We haven't seen it yet, but everything about it is ringing of awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty good. And I mean, in that case, because, okay, I saw how Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh adapted Lord of the Rings. I have every confidence that, like, if they can do that with the Lord of the Rings. The trilogy. This much bigger, more complex thing. Like, I'm, you know, pretty confident that, like, yeah, you can do The Hobbit. It's sort of like seeing that someone can accomplish something, you know, the next time they do it, you're pretty sure they're going to be able to do it. Of course, with writing and stuff and creative things like that, there's always sort of that who knows. Yeah. And I mean, see, the thing is, I don't think, I don't think there's any way her next thing is going to be as big as Harry Potter, mainly because Harry Potter, I think, had sort of perfect storm thing going on with the different elements of it. Okay. But I think also part of, a big part of Harry Potter, and this is not to say that this is the major part of Harry Potter and this is why it's so popular, not because of the actual writing, but I think part of the love for Harry Potter is that it was a children's series and so many people grew up with this yeah you know it's part of it is part of a lot of people's childhoods Mm -hmm. so they grew with harry yeah and the experience of it over that period of time was something that really struck them in a way so i I think there's a certain special way that a really good children's series or something really good from your childhood just strikes you in a certain way that maybe as an adult, or maybe something designed for children. Because, too, like, I started reading the Harry Potter books in my second year of university. Yeah. So I didn't grow up with Harry Potter. No, I didn't either. I was well out of university. I was a late bloomer to Harry Potter. But there's still something about that that magic that comes with something that is technically a child, a, you know, children's series. Okay. 
that sort of, it, I don't know, it just sort of captures sort of a sort of magic, literally. Well, <laughs> Harry Potter's. speaking of magic yes. and, you know, things of that genre, there has been a scene from Brave that has been released onto the Interbuts this week. <laughs> it is beautiful. Oh my god. I cannot wait to see this movie so much. I know. I actually sent it to a friend of mine. I was talking to a friend of mine online, and he asked me, so what is this movie Brave that you're talking about? And I said, hold on a sec. I'll send you a link. I sent him the link. And he says, I can't stop watching it over and over and over and over. <laughs> When's this movie coming out? And I'm like, yeah, you know it's good. And actually, okay, if you don't want any spoilers whatsoever, tune out right about now. We're going to be talking about it for just a couple minutes. But for anyone who hasn't seen it and who doesn't mind hearing what the clip is, basically... It's the scene where they're having an archery contest for, for Merida's hand. hand. Yes. And we see some of the contestants. Three of them. <laughs> you, you could say, like, the big oaf, I guess, or yeah. the big jock. The show-off. Yes. Who has his fangirls behind him. And the nerdy little guy. The one where she just looks at him and goes, "Oh, poor wee lamb. You, and you get to see the character interactions because you see Merida and her father sort of this making snarky yeah. comments about yeah. each of them, and they seem, like, very, On the very same. close yeah. and everything like that. Whereas Merida's mother is like, quiet, you two! Yeah. And she's, she's like, she's... Merida's mother seems, like, much more serious about, you know, yeah. finding Merida a husband. Which which I can imagine would be her priority as the woman of the house. Yeah, and which was a period. serious consideration back in the day. Yeah, and Considering also, it was like, your choices were get married, be a spinster... And poor, or, or you know, or be forced to live with some sort of religious family, organization with your well, with your usually with your sibling, yeah, and off their charity, or join a religious order. Yeah, there's also, as was described, I think this was in the Mary Sue. It was described as bodice ripping, but not quite in the way that you're thinking of. Yes, yes, because after the three perform, Merida steps up and says, "She will." I am Merida, and I will be shooting for my own hand. And and oh my god, I love that scene. The third, the third arrow she shoots. I love like you see the slow motion and you see the the flex in the arrow. Yeah, you see the shaft wobble. Go. But she keeps and trying to pull amazing. back the um. She keeps trying to pull back the bow and she can't. She can't. And she goes, Tom, this dress, and she makes a big stretch and all of the seams of her dress. Yeah, just sort of like rip and pop. Now it's not like she's showing skin underneath because obviously that yeah. day and age she would have had a shift underneath, and she, yeah. you know she and it looks does. like she's got some sort of corset thing yeah. too because you can see she stretches and it rips down the back, and you can see some sort and, of lacing and under her arms. Yeah, and and in the elbows that does sort of underline a little bit of what women had to wear and mm -hmm. conform to. Yeah, that she couldn't wear anything that was comfortable enough to draw back a bow properly. Yeah, but yeah, she totally nails all of them, mm -hmm. and then turns to look face to face at her mother, knowing the whole time because the whole time her mother's, "Don't you dare lose another arrow!" And you know, Meredith has this look on her face, going, "Yeah, boink," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that is such a girl after my own heart." Oh, this is going to be good. I am going into this movie with, like, cheerleading pom-poms, I swear to God. <laughs> Tartan pom-poms? Tartan pom-poms. Team Merida. Team Merida with a, with a bow and arrow on the front. This movie looks so awesome. This movie's going to be my personal rotating movie in the background for the rest of, like, the year, probably, once I get a hold of it. And it looks like it's being released on the 22nd of June. Okay. Eee! I cannot wait! Rawr. Okay, so still have some time... To endure, but okay. 
Yes, but it's getting closer. It is. It's almost March. It is. That's not that far. Oh my god, Robbie Coltrane's doing a voice. Who's he doing? Lord Dingwall. Probably one of the one of the visiting lords with the sun. Oh, is that Mrs. Weasley? Yes. Yes. Molly Weasley's doing some of the voice Sweet. for this. Awesome. Yeah. Made of win, made of win, and, and made of win. win. There we go. Yes. Okay. And then the last, oh my god, moment was, oh my god, there's new set pictures from the next Star Trek movie. Now, the real reason that this is squee-worthy, at least between these two podcasts. Well, it's still squirrely. It's, it's still squee-worthy, but I would not be squeeing as hard if... You would not be squeeing at this decibel level if it were not for the Cumberbatch factor. Yes. Benedict Cumberbatch is in both pictures. Yes, he is. And you actually see a pretty good shot of him in one of them. Yes. Actually, he does have, you know, the the face of yelling, which is can be awkward caught in the middle of... Yeah, middle sort of... A weird sort of... Uh, contorted face doing a, uh, you know, scream. Falling to one knee, but to his defense, he is getting the Vulcan nerve pinch put on him. Yeah. And we all know how that just takes it out of you. <laughs> we all, we've all had that happen. But the nice thing about the picture, too, is it shows that he's not really wearing that much makeup. No, he's not. He's not, he's not, he's you know. still beautiful. Yes, his pretty, pretty face has not been covered up with yeah. tons of makeup. Because there were a lot of rumors going around for a while that he was going to be playing Khan. Yeah. And it was a wonder if he was going to be even recognized or... Or, you know, too, this is the Star Trek franchise. Yeah. They have all sorts of different, you know, alien cultures and stuff like that. So you never know what he's going to be playing and therefore what sort of makeup he might be wearing. Can you imagine him with a Klingon forehead? I have thought of that earlier. i <laughs> <laughs> trying to picture that. No, I can't do it. Yeah, me neither. And yeah, in, and in one of them, it looks like Uhura's, like, gonna be messing him up. Yeah. One of them looks like Uhura's got um, got him pinned with whatever kind of phaser gun they have at that time. Yeah. So it looks like she's doing some action stuff, which is awesome. Yep, very cool for girls. She is still wearing something as short as a cheerleading skirt, but... Well, yeah, that's yeah. Star okay. Trek. I mean, come on. If this was reality Star Trek... They'd all be wearing, like, probably camel pants and sweatshirts or something like that. It's like, damn, we're flying through space. I want to be comfortable. I've got to be sitting at the phone for the entire shift. I'm going to be comfy. I'm, I'm bringing in my PJs. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be sitting here. No one's going to see me, but I have this incredibly important job to do. Because, you know, translation from other languages, kind of important. <laughs> It's like, if you are in conflict with somebody, you want to get the translation right. Going both ways, because that can make things very bad. Hey, Captain, it's the Klingons on on finger one. What do you say? <laughs> Hold up the middle finger. Or rather, anyway. it should be, you know, the interpretation right, too. Because yeah. it's not so much... It's not always, you know, literal translation. It's, okay, what are the context of these words this person is saying? <laughs> Like, this is why people, like, you know, think you an interpreter. Yes. Times quite a bit. Yes. Because she has to run the, you know, whole communications. Yeah. And in in this case, you're, if interpretations or negotiations go badly, there are photon, photon torpedoes that open then. Yes. <laughs> but yes, it also seems cool that, that she'll actually get to do some action-y stuff, too. Okay. Now, moving on to the not-quite-so-ear-shattering, squealy geek squee. Okay. <laughs> I might have to adjust the volume on those little bits. Okay, so uh, moving on to something for the morbidly curious. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we already did the zombie run. No, this is a different sort of morbid. This Online... is what happens when you want to take out the zombies? And anything and else anything else a that... certain radius. And anything else that moves? There's an application online which uses Google Maps to calculate the 
destructive power of various nuclear weapons. It's called Nuke Map, and it's at nuclearsecrecy.com slash nuke map. And what it'll do, it's supposed to, it's supposed to automatically set it over wherever your ISP is coming from. Uh, at the moment, it seems to be, for some reason, thinking we're in New York City, which is kind of creepy. But what you do is it basically, it's Google Maps, so it gives you a little pointer, which then you drag to whatever target you want to do. And actually, the first time I tried this, I just sort of, I put it on our city, and I just put, sort of put it in generally in the middle. Right. And then when I zoomed in, I found out I had actually put it a few blocks away from Maggie's house. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> so it's like, oh, so apparently this would kill Maggie, and I would be okay. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> but yeah, so you put it over a target. I've got it over Toronto right now. And then what it does is you can either enter a yield in kilotons, or there's a whole list of existing or past nuclear weapons that you can pick from. So you could see, like, what the little boy bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima. Right. And then you click the detonate button, and it'll show you the radii for different effects. Like, there's... The fireball radius, the air blast radius, with that at 20 psi overpressure, which would damage concrete buildings. It has it has descriptions for all these too, so you understand what it is. That one would damage concrete buildings or demolish them. The radiation radius, the air the air blast radius at 4.6 psi, and the thermal radiation radius, which would cause third degree burns and that sort of thing. So you can see just how much would be destroyed and and, and how far. Yeah, and, and it's. It's kind of creepy. Kinda. They have, they include things like, you know, a crude nuclear terrorist weapon at like a hundred tons. So it's like, okay, so if somebody detonated something in Toronto, you can see exactly how far. How far the destruction would reek. Yeah. It's like, so if they set it off at Union Station, where would it go? This is probably for the same people who, who thought that playing, um, what was the name of that game? Epidemic, I think it was. Okay. Where basically you design, you are a virus. Oh. And you have to add symptoms and stuff to try and infect the world. Your goal is to wipe out the human population. Who thinks up these things? But you have to, you have to do it carefully so that it spreads before they start closing ports and develop a a vaccine and stuff like that. That's pandemic. That was it. Pandemic Pandemic two. Okay. That's all kinds of creepy. It is kind of morbid. So yeah, it, this is this is really interesting in a science geeky sort of way, but it is also creepy as hell. Yeah, it's it's kind of like sleep well tonight. So of course, part of it is also like hopefully maybe this will spur more people into into encouraging governments to demobilize their nuclear departments okay. because of how many innocents could be affected around a target yeah cuz i mean like it's interesting to look like okay they have you know the w76 common in us and uk slbm whatever that stands for are in common in their us and uk arsenal so you can see like how far like what kind of damage that would do yeah in a real world, very local kind of way. Yeah. Because you, you can see like, oh, okay, that, you know, or there's like peace, the Peacekeeper Warhead, the Trident D5. There's these Soviet missiles that would have been used in the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, I mean, you can see in a very relatable way just what would happen. Wow. In a place that you know. Yeah. Like, again, I just selected the one from the Cuban Missile Crisis. And in that case, if it was in Toronto... You know, the thermal radiation radius, which tends to be the one that spreads the farthest, which, again, causes third-degree burns and starts fires and flammable materials. 
that would reach way past Pearson Airport. That's scary. Yeah. You know, the actual radiation would take out a lot of the main downtown core. Yeah, I'll be sleeping real good tonight. Thanks. Thanks for that. (laughs) Peace, Nick, right here. (laughs) Well, I will see you that radiation, and I will counter you with a Greenpeace activism. So, Lucy Lawless, a.k.a. Xena Warrior Princess, took an oil rig a couple days ago. as (laughs) She didn't pick it up and put it in her purse. But February 23rd, while the rest of us were probably going about our business at our jobs or our daily lives... Mm I believe Lucy and six other people made a protest by getting aboard one of the oil rigs that are right offshore of the New Zealand coast. And it is well known that this is where Lucy lives, and she is a very keen environmentalist. Mm -hmm. Now, they were not allowed there. They obviously got there through their own means, and they were told that if they did not leave, they would be arrested. Mm -hmm. But they stood their ground. There are pictures of Lucy with the hard hat and the, you know, those behind her wearing the safety gear necessary, i.e., you know, you have to wear the life vest and whatnot. And she is holding up a sign because it is for the Greenpeace activism and it says stop Shell because it is the Shell company that is doing the, the oil drilling. So she is Warrior Princess for Earth as well. And whether you agree with what Greenpeace does or not, true. I do find it kind of amusing that the Xena warrior princess. <laughs> I'm see. I'm just picturing this. Her doing this in her Xena costume. Yeah, that that would probably get a lot of circulation if yeah. it was that way. Yeah, brandishing a sword, especially with the hair flowing in the wind. Yes, and striking a heroic pose. Yes, mind you, it would have been probably very chilly. You know, standing atop an oil rig in that outfit. Yeah, very chilly. In the, yeah, I can imagine yeah. that'd be pretty cold. Yeah, and then moving on to. Something less put- less political and extremely awesome. On io9, they had a video from someone who created a T-Rex skeleton costume. Oh my god, this is so cool. And this is like an epic costume. This isn't just like some bones glued onto a turtleneck and painted with like glow-in-the-dark paint or something. This thing is 10 feet tall and 14 feet long. It uses 140 individual parts. It's made from flexible foam with a steel and aluminum support structure. And the way it works is it looks like, basically, if you imagine a T-Rex standing upright with its head sort of out level with its Like how it might if it was walking. Yeah, if it was walking... Or, you know, hunting something. Yeah. Basically, the person, the pelvis of the T-Rex is resting, like, on their head. The hand, the person's hands are holding the knees of the T-Rex. Right. And then the T-Rex feet are attached to the outside of the person's feet. Right. So they walk and the T-Rex walks. Wow. And there's there's hands up in the sort of claw... Vicinity yeah. area. Well, in sort of a, a bent posture and the head is bent so it's looking up and so it looks like it's walking with its karen showed me this on video and and to be honest to begin with i'm i'm looking at it going okay well it looks like a mini sort of skeleton thingy of a t-rex what's so special oh my god it's moving yeah at first you see a still picture first and then and it takes you a minute to figure out where the person is yeah (laughs) and then you realize oh my god this thing is big, and it is awesome. <laughs> and it is. You just, we were talking about, this is going to cause so many double takes on a Halloween on some night, especially if oh you're wearing God. all black or that a really awesome. dark charcoal gray. And you can just see a cop sitting in his cruiser, 
coffee in one hand, donut in the other, and watching in his rearview mirror as this dinosaur walks past. And he's just doing the double take. Yeah. It's perfect movie scene. It would be really cool if someone covered it with a skin, too, and made it look like, you know, a live dinosaur. Yeah, they, they'd have to flesh out some parts and work out visibility. Yeah, the only thing is, like, of course, if you were adding a skin, you would need to add, maybe add some sort of padding or shaping to make sure it was, yeah. you know, it looked plat- like it had muscle yeah. and everything yeah. like that. And, you know, I have to wonder already, like, how heavy it is. Like they said it was, well, it said it was steel and aluminum. So aluminum is fairly light. Light, yeah. But, I mean, it depends on how much of the structure you need. Because if you have lots of aluminum in something, it's still going to weigh. Yeah. <laughs> A hundred pounds something. of aluminum is still a hundred pounds. pounds. Yeah. It might be the equivalent of, I don't know, 500 pounds of steel, but it's still a hundred pounds of aluminum. You know, and it depends how long you want to be walking around wearing this thing. Okay. Imagine it could cause some serious log jams at, like, Comic-Con. <laughs> yes. yes! Security would probably have to come along and ask you to go take it off just because you're stopping traffic and causing massive log jams within Love the convention it. center. Love it! There is one picture in the video of someone, of this guy wearing it at like a concert or something. Yeah. And it looks pretty amazing. It's like, sir, we take off our geek caps to you. Well, that is definitely geek worthy. I have a very little bit of trivia that is sort of like geek. Eh? Does anybody know what a phablet is? Yes, it is a real gadget. It is the progeny of the phone and the tablet squished together into, yes, a phablet. It is something that is about the size of a notebook or like an e-reader that acts as both a tablet and a phone. And a lot of the, I guess, reviewers of this new gadget thing are looking at it and going, Really? Phablet? You couldn't find anything better? Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned earlier that there was all sorts of, you know, naysaying and stuff when the iPad came out. Yeah. But as you mentioned, part of that was about the name. Yeah. iPad. Comes in light or maxi. And I'm sure there were some people that were sort of naysaying about what it did, but it did sort of fit a niche in the market. Yes. With this one, I'm just, with this one, it's not so much the name. It's, I I have to wonder the functionality of it. Because I mean, if you have, like I have my notebook for podcast is a what six by nine something like that yeah yeah about the size of an ebook reader so if this thing is about this size i'm holding it with you know fingers on the spine and the other things fingers on the the edge of the page and it's not easy to hold on to i would think you would have to use it with a headset yeah for or, like, if you want to use it as earbuds a and a, a microphone that hangs on it if you want to use it as a phone yeah some people may argue that it would be face to face for tablet or phone calling but not everybody, like, how are you going to call, say, your grandparents if they don't have the technology for face-to-face? Like, you're yeah. going to call the landline. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's the same way you can Skype chat with someone who doesn't have a video. Okay. Yeah, you got like that a, point. A you have that point. But it's like, if it's on a tablet, it's kind of, you have to hold it up still. Yeah. And again, there's the whole thing about, like, where the audio thing is on it. And if you if you have the video thing... How good is the audio going to be? I mean, is it something that you're going to use when you're on the streetcar? Yeah. Or on the sidewalk and going is it gonna, home? Is it going to pick up everything? Yeah. Is it going to pick up all the noise around you because your mouth isn't right next to the mic next to the microphone unless you're using a headset? I don't know. And are you really like, going to spend it be st- walking down the sidewalk being like, okay, yeah, so you want me to pick up some milk? Yeah. 
Well, we can wait and see how it develops and see if popularity actually swells for it. Who knows? Yeah, I'd have to actually see it and see what it does and stuff to see yeah. what sort of functionality it has. Okay, for Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, I received a package this week. And you have not shown me anything I have not yet. shown Karen. What she doesn't know is that she's already seen one. She doesn't realize it. The contents of the package. Okay. Said package is a belated Christmas present and something that I ordered. Okay. And it just happened that I, I did a double order and sent the order down to my friend in the United States. Mm -hmm. And she paired up my portion of the pa of the order with the Christmas package, mm -hmm. with her Christmas present, and sent it to me. Yeah. And I just got it on Friday. So, first... Oh. My. God. Is what looks like a Hogwarts notebook. Now, I don't think this is one of the moleskins. Oh, but it would still, it would have the... Oh my god, it's from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Universal. Yes, it is. Oh my god. It is, it is, it is. It looks like a moleskin. Like, it's got the yeah. same sort of black cover. Except... The interior looks like that sepia tone parchment paper. And the front... Is a, is an embossed Hogwarts crest. It, it's not colored. It's black on black embossed into the leather Hogwarts crest or faux leather. Where did you find this and where can I get it? <laughs> no, this was my belated Christmas present. She went to the Hogwarts theme park. Oh my she god. She was there. I told her to get a picture of a sassy wizard for me, but I, I guess this will do. I need to find some I know. I know that Karen as a, as a, as a heavy Potterite and especially as and a, a notebook, book, as a notebook and pen lover, would appreciate this. I would love writing. Oh my god, writing in this with my dip pen. Okay. Mm oh my god. Okay. Well, you hold on to that and think uh, happy thoughts about Snape. I just a had a nerdgasm. Yeah, she did. I think Katie. Katie's going there. Yes, she is. I could bribe Katie. You could probably to bring back like three of them for me. You could trade her yarn. Yes. Did you hear that, Katie? You got some leverage here. <laughs> anything, anything you want, including sexual favors. Oh boy, I just did not hear that. <laughs> so your husband might not like that. Wait a minute, you were offering my me for sexual favors? No, Katie's husband might not like that. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> this is the other thing that came in the package. Now this goes all the way back to Black Friday. Yes. This, what we're looking at and fondling here, is a corset from Damsel in this dress. Wow. It's now, the Vixen. Yes. Corset. The Vixen is one of her most popular models. I have coveted her stuff for a while. Loved it. But I don't have a lot of occasion to wear corsetry or costuming. Yeah. So I'm not one of the people that spends lots of money on it. However, one throws all cares into the into the wind when it comes to Black Friday, when there yeah. are sales. Yes. So this was the corset. That I chose. Mm -hmm. Although, to be honest, I thought I had ordered an overbust, not an underbust, but what the heck? Put it on! Uh, no, not right now. Put it on! Well, for starters, I don't have lacing. Yeah, but I'd still like to see, like, oh, you know, where it hits. Where it hits? Yeah. Oy. It's and kind of like... It actually does have structure. You know how sometimes... Okay. If there are guys listening, you might not have this experience of putting on a corset before. For the ladies out there who have worn corsets before, sometimes you put it on and when you lace it up, everything cinches vertically because mm -hmm. you've been pulling tight. Yeah. This has what feels like dowels yeah. inside next to the rings mm -hmm. so that the corset actually stays 
spread out and vertical. Yeah, so it doesn't scooch up on itself. Yep, and it's got an that itty bitty. Amazing. It just got has it has a little bit of a collar. Yeah, yeah, it has a little collar and little like straps that go up yep. to the collar, showing off the boobages. Yeah, whatever. And it's solid all the way up to the collar in the back. And it, it looks like a vest in the back. It's black with I guess copper damask on top. Yep. And the interior is gold on gold. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. All I really need is a... I mean, she does sell other pieces. She has lots of other oh, yeah. styles. But all I need now is a hat and a bustle skirt, and I am, like, set for Halloween. I yeah. Will, I will romp around... Well, romp as well as one can when one is in, I guess, a corset. <laughs> corset yeah. But I will strut around the city on Halloween, totally decked out. Monocle and gloves, because I, ha- I have white uh, crochet lace gloves. Oh, yes. I have a white shirt that I can just button all the way up to the collar Mm -hmm. and put either like a black, you know, something like a big bow or a cameo jewel right there. And actually, I just pulled up the website. It's www.damseldress.com. So you can go there and see the different styles. Like we said, Maggie got the Vixen color. Yeah. Vixen colorway. The Vixen corset. <clears throat> the Vixen corset. And if you keep tabs on her, either via Facebook or what other way you do your social networking, she will announce specials like, oh my gosh, I just found, I didn't know I had still had this box of underbus corsets. I've got to get them out of here. Reduced down to this price. Yeah. And she's got Renaissance, steampunk, fantasy corsets, skirts, blouses, accessories. Yep. There was there's a really co- I mean, I I know it's expensive, but there's a really awesome like pirate style coat that Ooh. is part coat and corset. So it is corset but with long tails or a long flow in the back Ooh. with what looks like bell sleeves and the sleeves are removable oh, if you want them to be. And all of this and if you want Custom-made corsetry. You can go in, choose your style, and then mm-hmm. choose your choose your fabric. Yeah, mega awesome. That is seriously awesome. Yeah, you can add a monster tail. Yes, she's done uh, themed stuff too, especially around Halloween because of yeah. course there's a lot of costuming. She did an owl set, a flamingo set. Yeah, I kid you not, a flamingo set. There was where the wild things are corset costume. <laughs> Aww. I kid you not. <laughs> Complete with okay. claws. I am super happy. That's like the first like bit of fun costuming I've gotten in years. Like yeah. since I left university and had to become an, a responsible adult yeah. and stupid stuff like that. Yeah. And then I have something which people might be interested in, especially considering the knit-along. Well, we'll knit-along. This is a new book called Stash Buster Knits by Melissa Leapman. And basically what it is, it's a book of 21 projects as well as some tips and tricks for using up leftover yarns. So a lot of the patterns in this book use various colors in some way. And there's a variety of different patterns, actually. There's a few bags, there's a couple scarves, there's a couple blankets, there's a couple few sweaters for kids and adults, a couple shawls. And like I said, there's a couple, there's maybe two or three patterns in here which are geared around using small amounts of a single color of yarn, but most of them are some kind of color work. Like there's one that ha- there's one sweater that has all kinds of color work in a yoke around the neck. Right. And then both of the bags use some sort of like color pattern. There's some things that use stripes. There's 
One of the bags is actually sort of argyle looking, or at least it has like different colored diamonds in it. There's a really cute blanket, which looks like a jigsaw puzzle. Puzzle pieces! It's really cute. It is really cute. I'm really curious as to how they pulled that off, other than a lot of intarsia. Yeah. It looks like it could be a little crazy making. I'm actually looking at it now just to see if it goes. It says optional bobbins. Yeah. Intarsia, chart, one piece. These are the, the Ravelry tags for it. Intarsia, chart, one piece, seamless. And it's kind of neat for each one. I noticed on Ravelry for each one, there's pictures of a couple different alternate color combinations. So you can see, even from the book, you can see suggested or how different color combinations can work together. Like there's one that's like all kinds of colors. There's one that's mainly sort of different co- shades of grays and greens. And one that's a lot of really warm colors, reds, yellows, browns. So if you're looking to rid your stash of all sorts of leftover bits, mm-hmm. this might be a good one to look at. Especially if you've got quite a bit of leftovers in the same weight. Yeah. I can see a lot of the same weight being a lot of sock leftovers. Yeah. I think a lot of some of these are for worsted, but you can probably convert them to socky leftovers or, mm-hmm. of course, there's all kinds of patterns we can come up with sock leftover. You know, but if you have leftover, if you've made a few sweaters for kids or if you tend to grab single skeins of stuff to do, like, say, worsted for donating hats and mittens and things, this would be a good way to use up some of those leftovers. And speaking of the stash log... Woohoo! Before I put this episode up, I'm going to put up the thread in the Ravelry group. Okay. And basically, we've sort of given you the basics of it the last few times. The main thing is, you know, again, everyone can work on this at their own pace. If you would like to keep track of exactly how much yarn you've used, go ahead. We will cheer you on. And it could be really interesting to see how much people can do. But there is going to be a prize (laughs) at the end of it. But it's going to be a random draw from all the people that participate. Again, we will gladly cheer on those people that clear out epic amounts of their stash. Destashing through selling does count. (laughs) You don't just have to knit it up. You can donate, gift, or sell. And it counts as destashing. And actually, if you don't, if you have a really small stash or no stash, and so you can't, you don't really want to get rid of any of it, this is a good opportunity for you to hang around the group and see if people post, hey, I'm de-stashing stuff. Yes. Check out this page and you can see my stuff if you would like to increase your stash. Very likely this is what I will be doing. Because if you're like me, you will be putting it up because you want to get it out of your house. I I think the (laughs) parallel, we said earlier that, you know, we were in a, a large vault of your stash, and yes. I was either skiing on it, and you were swimming in it. Yes. My stash is probably a puddle, and I'm just stomping. Mine is a swimming pool, yours is a puddle. Yes, I'm stomping around <laughs> in it in, you know, rain boots. Well, it's a slightly less full swimming pool after the last couple of weeks. Because there has been successful de-stashing on your part. Yes. Yes. But yeah, so like I said, you know, donating, gifting, selling also counts as de-stashing. Um, it might be kind of interesting to see, I think personally... I'm kind of tempted to go the crazy route and make up an Excel spreadsheet of the yarn I have. That is crazy route. I cheer you on. And then when I finish something... Oh yeah, by the way, you know, de-stashing or using up yarn, you can define that by yourself if you want to, like, weigh what you have left over and say you have, you know, figure out how many yards you probably have, and then say you have X many yards left over, you used, like, only the amount that you used in the project, go ahead. Personally, any skein that I use, even if it's not all of it, I'm counting that as all de-stashed. Some people are 
bit more detailed than others. That's okay. Yes. I'm not counting anything that ends up in the bag for the beekeeper's quilt. Yes. So you can make the rules for that depending on depending on how much you want to believe that you've de-stashed. Or, you know, whether you think certain things count. So yes, there will be a thread for that soon. And people can come in and, like I said, and if you're not participating in the stash down... You can come in and cheer people on or see how much people have done. Or there'll probably be, I'll probably try and post some links to projects that will help you de-stash. Now, do we have a... Or take the stash down. Because we have, we're going to be picking a a, win, a winner, lottery-wise, yeah. do we yes. have a date like for that? Like some months into the future or we'll decide later? I'm thinking, let's say end of April. Okay. People And of course, people can keep participating in the thread if they feel they want to de-stash more, but we'll do, we're going to do like the actual official thing probably until the end of April. Cause like we were saying, part of the reason we're doing this is because, you know, there's at the end of April and beginning of May and that sort of season is when a lot of the fiber festivals yeah. happen. Yeah. So this is to help you get some yarn out of your domicile. So this is to help open up the, the new homes for yes. yarns that could be coming in. You know, because sometimes, depending on how big your stash is, sometimes you have yarns that you really loved and that you brought in mm-hmm. and that you haven't really done anything with. And maybe you're not quite as in love with them anymore. So, you know, it helps you clear out the old so you can make room for the new. Sometimes there's old yarns that you still really love, and that's perfectly fine to keep them. Or there might be stuff that, you know, is still really pretty and you'd probably use at some point, but you don't have any immediate plans for it now. And do you really need to keep it? And I should mention for the draw, we'll do it anybody who emails us with their progress... And which we can mention on air. Just let us know whether you want us to use your name or not. You know, you can email us with your project progress and pictures, and we'll try and post those on the blog. You can comment on the blog, or you post in the Ravelry group. Any of those things will get your name on the list. Right. For the random draw. So any of those three ways. So it's not just... The main thread, obviously, is going to be in Ravelry, but you can also discuss in the comments on the blog. Okie dokie. You heard it here first. And email us. So soon we will be hopefully clearing out stuff. Or accumulating stuff. Yeah. Depending on which end of this you yes. are on. Some of us are sitting, you know, high up in the trees like vultures, just waiting, waiting for somebody to throw out that first little scrap, plunge down and pick up. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you don't want stash. I mean, there I have heard there are knitters who don't have stash, who buy yarn for a project, make that project, and then buy your, more yarn for another project. But who knows? Maybe you will find the perfect yarn for your next, the project you intend to make next. That is true. And someone else's stash page. There's that possibility. So, so good luck, stash downers. I'm going to be trying to knit down a fair bit of my stash, especially because I've already cleared out some of the stuff that I want to de-stash in other ways. Okay. So we'll see how much I actually get made into actual projects. Made into things. Oh, yeah. And if you want to count things you already have in the needles, go ahead. I'm probably not going to count the Watson socks because they are almost done. But, like, the Watson sweater, I've only swatched for that. And the socks, like, I've only just started. Again, we are playing free and loose with foot, any sort foot of Footloose, fancy free. You can make your own sort of challenge. Yeah. You can, you know, if you want to challenge yourself within the next few months, you know, you can challenge yourself to do this for the next six months if you want, say. You know, we're just going to set the, end, the you know, end draw date, date yeah. for end of April. But if you want to challenge yourself longer, like, say, if you want to challenge yourself to knit up 5,000 yards of your stash in the next six months. We will cheer you on. We will cheer you on. You can keep doing it. If you find this podcast in November and you want to get rid of stash, feel free to keep posting. I'm sure there's going to be people who are always going to be trying to do some sort of yarn diet or something. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants to do, if anybody later wants to do yarn dieting or stuff like that, this is the thread you can post in to discuss all that sort of stuff. 
So on that thought, and with that new challenge... Yes, sally forth into the realm of yarn to be acquired or yarn to be de-stashed. Yep, and we will sign off for this week. And see you next week. Yep, have a good week, guys. Bye! Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1, G-E-E-K, .mt-pockets.org. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek Two. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com/knitonegeek2. Have a good week, everybody.